1: Right, uh, now then, guys, uh, welcome back to the latest episode of the To Hull and Back podcast. That doesn't get any easier to say. Um, we've got a rare appearance from Joel. It's been a long time since I've been on with you, Joel. How are you doing? I'm all right, are you? Yeah, am not bad. And then we've got Joe from
3: the Red Robins podcast. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's uh, I'm looking forward to chatting about City and, you know, discussing it with you lads. Nice. And then we're um, joined by our mainstay, Will, Mr Techman, who
4: How
1: <laughs> goes goes quietly under the radar. Um, so we've got the end of an unbeaten run to talk about. Not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, we didn't exactly play poorly uh, in the greatest respect. Um, but obviously we lost 2-1 um, to Nottingham Forest, uh, our first defeat in seven games. Uh, goals from KLP for ourselves, a very, very good goal. and We'll talk about that in a minute. I'll come to you first then, Joel. Um, What were your thoughts on the performance? You were there, weren't you? So I think you'll have the best thoughts on it.
2: Yeah, uh, I think in terms of the balance of the game, I think a draw was fair. Um, So I feel like we're a little bit hard done by with the loss. But um, it was just a mixture of purple patches for each team, really. Forest had their moments, we had our moments. To get that, I think that penalty was. The main I- the main issue that most of us have got with the game because I think that stopped the game from being a fair result
0: so
1: mm. do you not think on the grand grand scheme of the whole game itself that maybe Forest were the better side do you not do you not think that maybe they deserved the win yes all right the penalty was annoying and the way that the results are sort of turned around because of that but do you not think that in the grand scheme of the game especially in the first half that Forest were were quite dominant maybe
2: like I say I City still have the moments in the first half as well. Um, I think it was just more, It was just a lot of a balanced game, really. Um, I, I don't think Forest necessarily didn't deserve to win, but I thought it was a little bit unfair on us to not come away with a point.
1: Yeah, I mean, we. I, th- I thought we played well. I think um, most people would agree that you know we went there and we sort of we mixed it with what was the most informed team, especially after fifteen games. I think the top of the form table. Um, and I know we were informed ourselves, but, you know, going away to the most informed side in the league is always going to be a tough ask. Um, and we were playing the, same, playing the same team consecutively. I think it was five games in a row, was it the same team? Maybe six? Um, so the fact that they're still trooping through, uh, the system still looks like it's working. You know, we were outplayed, um, just maybe outclassed, uh, I think, maybe in the grand scheme of things.
3: Um, Joe, do you think there are any um, standout performers? or any players who deserve a shout-out? I think... When I've been listening to you guys, it's been, you know, the McLaughlin-KLP show every single week, hasn't it? And I think that's going to be the same again. I think I'm really liking the back three of obviously Deshaun, Greaves and McLaughlin. I think you've always spoke, I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was like get a leader in at the centre-back. And don't get me wrong, I feel like we could do with a few more options. But them three lads at the moment, I think, especially if you can keep Deshaun on a a long-term basis as well, lads. I'm really enjoying seeing it. Seen on their play, I've been Richie Smallwood's biggest critic. I know a lot of people have as well, but I think him in that holding position has been really well. It's, it was one of them performances, one I think any little slip-up and, you know, pardon the pun for the Unimum penalty, which obviously wasn't <laughs> them, which will go into discussion, but just little things like that in the Championship. So many people go on about how tough the Championship is and it's then week in, week out, you're playing top-quality teams and like you mentioned there, I'm Notts Forest, the most informed team. I thought the lads should be really proud of themselves and I feel like going into the transfer window, we know where we need to improve if we want to be mid-table or stay in this division, but... Positive signs, even with a defeat. But for me, I thought McLaughlin was out, you know, outstanding again. That ball, that fizz ball to KLP, just outstanding for them both. And what a is, you know, he's getting better week in, week out, isn't it, the lad? And it's great to see it's, um, you know, another Hull-born player that's repping the black and amber. And long may it continue, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I thought, um, like, like you say, we do. Uh, KLP at the moment, I think he's the one that every single team, every other channel that asks us for contributions are asking for... For players from uh, from our perspective that, you know, might cause them problems, it's always KLP. Uh, the fact that McLaughlin's coming to the side, sliding so seamlessly and, you know, looks like he's going to be undroppable, uh, especially when, like, Alfie Jones comes back into the fray. Um, you've got, like you say, you mentioned Smallwood, who maybe he's going a bit under the radar at the minute because um, I think he's been superb, but he isn't really getting the same kind of praise as McLaughlin and um, KLP have been getting uh, Honeyman, obviously, because they all contribute in a in a different way, whereas Smallwood just does his business and gets on with it. Um, but I thought he was really good. I think Greg Doherty as well was quite good against Forrest. I think, um, you know, he, he did a bit of the, um, the rough and tumble side of the game, which is something that he doesn't usually do. He's more of a balanced. He does, you know, an equal measure in both, doesn't he? And I thought he he really put some acts to the grind in terms of contributing in a defensive sense. So, I mean, yeah, if we can keep these lads on form, you know, we've got Smallwood's kind of leading from um, an experienced head at the minute, trying to keep the young lads at the back's heads um, maybe clear, uh, keeping them focused, helping them build on the game, which I think is going to be important. And he's keeping the likes of Tom Wollaston out the side, so he must be doing something right. Um, I think in terms of... um, Because Nathaniel's not on, it's probably quite a good episode for him to not be on because I think there's a couple of players who probably didn't play as well as um, we would have wanted them to in this game. Is there any players that you thought maybe had a below-par performance against Forrest, Will?
4: Callum Elder.
1: And? I
4: know it would be easy to have a go right along with now now when the final's not around. He (laughs) did have a great game, but when he went off, it turned out he may have been better than I thought he was. Um, Because I thought when Elder came on, he had a shocker. I mean, maybe because he hadn't played for a few games, but at the same time, every single time someone ran at him, they just went past him with ease. And of course, their actual, what ended up being their winning goal was partly his fault, I why Doctor didn't help him a bit, but it was just so easy to beat every single time. It was, for a full-back who did so well before, it was pretty embarrassing. And obviously, over good, saying, Wilkes and McGinnis
1: <laughs> did uh, nothing they're... again. <laughs> The the, the, the the regular we could just copy and paste
0: yeah. a clip
1: of us saying <laughs> who needs to do better each week and them two would would, would it would probably still apply um, it, it, it's a weird one about Elder though because I do agree when when he came on we looked much much worse in a defensive sense and you're right maybe it's just because you know, he's not played in a while and his sharpness isn't there but um, I think we've got to remember that he hasn't really played this system either um, you know when he's played we've done the old 4 um, 3 to me personally, I thought the way that Elder plays, because he likes to bomb on and get beyond um his winger anyway, I thought a wing back sort of situation would suit him more. And he probably offers a better uh, a better defensive um capabilities than than Longman would. Uh, and obviously the like you say, the, the the concerning thing is is that Ryan Longman was better defensively than Callum Elder was, which um doesn't sit right, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. Um but yeah, Mil- Wilkes and McGinnis. I mean, I did I, I did a poll on Twitter. I don't know if you saw. And I asked for what people thought should be our starting two, um, because you know I they're not see scoring. On it. Yeah, they, 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 I think it was 58 votes, and just under 60% of people said that they wanted Eves and uh, Eves and Smith. So the two that aren't playing, they were the ones that wanted um, zero. <laughs> I think zero wanted. Um, McGinnis and Wilkes which was funny, <laughs> because they're the ones that started, and we'll probably start again. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll come to you then, Joe, because we've had we've had thoughts on Wilkes and McGinnis from various people and ourselves enough, and they're probably bored of hearing us talk
3: about. Yeah. Them. So, what's I'm your thoughts on the season?
1: Why is it not? Why is it not clicking from the season? What's changed?
3: It could. I think it could be anything. I mean, you look at Wilkes when was in League One, and don't get me wrong, how good was it to be champions of League One? Bit of a weird season behind closed doors. But you look against some of the opposition he was playing, and then you go from playing Rochdale to playing Fulham. That's the difference between going up a tier. It's it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? You've got players on two grand a week or 50 grand a week, and Mitrovic you can't stop scoring. And you, you you come up against better defenders, and I just think McGuinness and Wilkes have probably found the match. And they're probably... It's you look at Eves as well, and if you put him on, yeah, he might have a bit of a better wear crate and he might do a little flick on now and then. But let's be having it right. If if we want to be a decent championship side, I think that's the position we've got to probably improve on. I think if we if we stick into this formation, Elder probably traveling um, playing for Australia and being an Aussie doesn't help because he's in their national squad every single call up I, I mean he starts on the bench normally but it's a lot of travelling and I know he's been there the past mm-hmm. um, every month for the past three months I believe but I don't know I just think if we're looking at it where we need to improve on I think with the defenders like we've just mentioned they've got a lot of praise from us all we've got a decent keeper in backs so been you know brilliant on loan for us you probably if you're Lewis Potter and Longman aren't wing backs if that's the position they're playing in if they're going to change to that position then that's okay let's keep it like that I'd love us to maybe dip into the market for a proper wing back we don't know what's happening with Emmanuel so there's no point speculating if he's going to come back any time soon and Louis Coyle will be back hopefully Um, when is Louis Coyle back I can't remember
4: it's meant to be early February, I think. Yeah,
3: early Feb. So, even you're, still, you're talking a long, long time, aren't you? And I believe, as good as this run's been, once you start coming against the better teams, if your wing-backs are out and out, probably wingers and forwards, you will come unstuck. And I just think for them guys, especially McGuinness and Wilkes, I mean, everyone mentions about McGuinness's talk, his attitude on the pitch, but shouting at people and being a decent leader can only get you so far. You've got, he's a striker, he's got to score the goals, and his, his turnover, same as Wilkes, I just don't think it's good enough and... Don't get me wrong, they've been a vital part in getting us back to the championship. But I do think probably in January, it were, let's be if the takeover happens or not, I, I think we've got to go there. And obviously, that'd mean people moving on with the squad numbers and you know, all that as well. But God knows, lads, it's so tough, isn't it? Because you go from the <laughs> really, uh, same as like we're rugby from Rovers, you go from a winning streak, everything's rosy, and then you look at you're trying to point out negatives. And sometimes, not the ba- that's that that's not the best thing to do. But I think in Wilkes and McGuinness even in this bright spell, they still haven't been on form, really, Have they? and been them who's been winning us the games.
1: Mm. you got to think, because obviously, like like you say, strikers are in the team to score goals. Mm. Uh, Wilkes has scored three, has he, this season, but not really played the best. McGuinness um, has uh, got a couple of goals, but you know both of them last season, like 19 and 22 goals they had. I know it was mm. a level below. If you expect them to be doing a bit better than they are. Mm. Um, I think that's the frustration with most of the fans, is that we're not seeing... What we know they can do. McGinnis um, mm-hmm. hasn't really been that much of a thorn in def- uh, the defender's sides as much this season. Wilkes has totally changed his his playing style. I don't know if it's like Baz mentioned it on um, when we had him on before that his 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 bulking up in in like muscle mass and changing style must obviously have been either okayed or encouraged by the club because otherwise he wouldn't be playing and he would be getting told off for doing what he's done. So. Unless it's, you know, they've had a meeting with him in summer and said, we want you to to get a bit leaner and um, sort of shrug defenders off a bit more and offer a different avenue. We don't really know, but it's not working for him. Um, And then there's got to be questions. Does he really suit being as part of a front two? Is he more of a natural winger? So he's going to be like um, a casualty of the changing system maybe? Um, Because I don't think he would, he definitely can't do the wing back position because he hasn't, he doesn't have the energy to go up and down that wing and not, uh, contribute in a defensive sense. Um, I mean, we could be wrong. He might surprise us. But from what we've seen, I can confidently guess that he wouldn't be very good in the wing-back role. But yeah, definitely, I think the weakest point of the team, um, which I was asked by um, a Forest channel I went on the other day, I said it was the front two, um, which is a shame because they were both so sort of perfect last season. Um, so I totally agree with you. Um, so in terms of like panic stations, then, like obviously we've lost the game. It's easy to overreact into it now that you know the the the, the, the winning streaks. So to me, I'm kind of glad that we lost because if we'd have come out of this game maybe unbeaten, do we think there's the potential for our expectations to get to maybe a, a, a silly point where we're thinking, oh, do you know what? Now we have just drawn at Forest. This is what we should be doing, kind of thing. And you know, it's a tough line to tread. What was the atmosphere like, Joel, at the end? Was it still quite positive?
0: Yeah,
2: I'd say so. Um, one minute, sorry. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was quite positive in the end. The players came over, McCann as well. All of them got applauded. Um, so that's that's the main thing, really. We've got to try and keep a positive atmosphere around um, and hopefully that'll translate to being on the pitch in, uh, in all the games, whether we win, lose or draw, as long as they put 100% in, we're going to appreciate that.
1: Yeah, because that's the main thing. Cause I thought... We, we could confidently say in that game that we played, uh, well, that they gave their everything uh, to try and compete with what is a very good side. Uh, we could have quite easily lost that game 4-0, you know, like kind of in, in the terms of quality. And we didn't. We went there we mixed it up. And yeah, we maybe rode our luck at times. Um, I mean, I say that. Uh, I'll, I'll move on to the penalty, to be fair, because <laughs> I'll, I'll ask Will about this one. So the penalty. What do we think, Will?
4: <laughs> oh, stern Stonewall. <laughs> um, absolute bullshit decision, but but about a few seconds earlier, Wilkes did haul one of the Vol- Forest players down in the box, and that should have been given as a penalty. Yeah,
1: it was on Yates, yeah, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, but two wrongs don't make a right, so yeah. it's a shocking decision. And could you say it changed the game? Yeah, you could, because after that point, Forest are all their tails are up, and but. This, we have had quite a few decisions gone way so far this season as well. I mean, just look at the Birmingham and Reading games as prime examples of times where we've times where decisions have really helped us despite being shocking decisions. So I suppose you got to take some when you get them yeah. up, yeah. It
1: is. It's going to happen every game. and it's, it's going to it. happen to every team. Um, we've had a couple of games, like you say, uh, Reading and Be- uh, Birmingham especially, where Officials um, probably not being too great at the job has, has helped us to earn points. But, you know, arguably yesterday it cost us points because, you know, we've still got to defend. You know, there's still the the, the the point that, yes, all right, we concede the penalty, but, you know, get your Reds down, keep the system, keep the structure. Because um, I think it, I thought it was a really poor goal to concede because I think um Melder got done far too easily by grabbing. Uh, he puts the ball in. And then, to me, Deshaun Bernard, very static. Should just jump and edit away. He kind of just stays planted on the floor, watches it go over his head. Uh, Johnson chests it down and slots it in. And you've got to think, if someone's crossing the ball into a box where you've got three centre-halves, should they really have enough time to be chesting the ball down on the edge of your six-yarder? Because I don't think they should. Not at this level. Yeah. You know, he was, it, it, Bernard's been excellent, and that was probably the only mistake in the game that he made. But I, I thought he was quite poor defending. From Elder and, uh Bernard to to put us behind, and then obviously we've got quite a tough ask. I know we had a couple of chances in the last few minutes, but I thought on personally, on the the, the grand scheme uh, scale of the game, that forest was the better side, and it's just annoying, like we say about the way that it came around with the penalty. You know, you you want to you want to think that in in the, in, the, in terms of the game itself, we kind of you know gave everything and, and, and we either drew or lost, but there isn't a contentious issue that caused that kind of thing. I mean, we can latch on to it, but, you know, like we say, we had decisions go our way. Um, I will go on to then, I'll ask uh, you, Joe, do you think so far this season, you've seen enough to warrant, well, to, to confidently say that we could stay up?
3: If you ask me again next week and I'll probably have a different answer. It's <laughs> it, it's so hard, isn't it? Because, again, things can change within a space of three or four weeks. I'd really like to think so. I think if we look at the bigger picture, if we go back to when we got promoted, what was the aim of this season? But realistically, we did. We think we were going to do a back-to-back and be in the, the promised land once again. Probably not, not with the state of what the club was at the time. And now, with all the promising talks... Even if that comes about, we're not going to be turning into a Newcastle overnight and be able to spend billions of pounds. It's going to be a long, steady journey. But I think if we can stay up and looking at that big picture and the planning for the next two or three years, we might have a new manager, might have new owners. But again, it's key. It, you've got to stay in this division because I feel like you look at a Sunderland, what they've done, the have brought them um, down. They've been in League One what four years now. You know, those playing in the Prem five six years ago. We'd like to default up front, and oh, you know, we've seen all the documentaries how far a club can fall. And I just hope, for the sake of us, I think if we can stay up, we just beat the teams around us. What we have been doing, you know, you look Derby are probably start, you know. Start gone, aren't they? Let's having it right. You look at Peterborough, you, you assume and it annoys me that we got beat by them as well because you look at it now, you beat teams like that and you're probably quite comfortable especially after Christmas. But if we can just keep consistent, whatever happens, with Grant's in charge, if this new guy shot, uh, who's the favourite to take over, if um, the Turks take over, whatever happens with the club, we just need to stay in this division because I think it'd be a bit of a disaster after such a promising few months with the takeover. Hopefully, the club heading back to where we want and to get our club back what the fans deserve, it'd be a bit of a killer blow to go back down to League One, especially now that we can start going again. There's some, um, even though it'd be good to tick some away grounds off, I don't really fancy standing at Swinton or something like Swindon or something like that, lads. I'll be honest with you. I much prefer playing the likes of Fulham and West Brom. But I don't know. What do you think, lads? Because I, I just think if you ask us again in a month, we never know. We might go on another poor run or we might go on another big run. Again, it's in spells, in it, this division?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, in it? Because, like, obviously we've got uh, two very tough games now as yeah. well that we could quite easily lose. And then, you know, we've, we've just had six games unbeaten and then the negativity creeps in again just before January because we've lost three on the bounce, potentially, kind of. And it's all about, like you say, managing them expectations. Like, if we'd have said at the beginning of the season you're going to finish 21st, we'd take it. Mm-hmm. You know, staying up is the ultimate aim. So it's just, I think, now that we've seen what we can do in this system with this set of players and that there's a, a couple of obvious positions on the on on the team that need improving. That we could quite easily push in uh, to a mid-table sort of finish. As it stands, we're definitely a lower half. Hope we stay up, kind of side. You've got to think maybe three or four more signings, and and we'd sit up comfortably. Um, I mean, I don't know if you two agree. Do you want to add anything onto that, Will or Joel?
4: Uh, not yeah. much to add onto that.
1: No, not really. Correct it. But, yeah, like I say, well, well, funny that we mentioned that then because, obviously, we've got um, Blackburn next. Um, A really easy game that we're obviously going to win (laughs) 3-0. Who were also on fire. Um, Did they just win 4-0? Yeah. yeah, 4-0. I don't think they've conceded a goal in five games.
3: No. Uh, I mean, we would take a point there, wouldn't we, let's be honest. Yeah, we've, I got think some, we've got some good strikers in Chile, aren't they? Ben Barrington Diaz. One nil loss. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: I, I, we're looking at another. We, we, we want to come out of that game with another strong performance, like, like uh, well, a, a performance that gives us um, hope that you know we're not going to be a whipping. Because t- uh, if you think about it, we've not actually been uh, smashed by any team this season. Yeah, we went on that awful run. But we're losing like one 2 nil, weren't we? QPR, we lost 3-0, but we actually played quite well in that game. But we haven't got to a stage where we've been absolutely battered. And Blackburn, you know, there's a, there's a risk there. So hopefully you can come out of that. We go into that game, we play well, come out of it with something to like say, do you know what? No, we played all right there. Yes, okay, well, maybe we lost. But we only lost one or 2 nil. We had a few, few good chances. It gives us a bit of optimism going into what, you know, will be a tough game. But But... Quite winnable against Sheffield United. Personally, um, I'm going to ask the uh, the tough, usual question. Then, uh, Joel, what would you? What team selection would you go with against Blackburn? Who to make it easier rather than naming all the players? Who would you drop and swap with?
2: I don't know because I was having a conversation with you. Um, I think it was yesterday about Tyler Smith, but now I'm not entirely convinced by him yet. Um, so for me not enough I of think, Smith?
1: Yeah, Have we not seen enough of him to, to accurately judge him yet?
2: No, I don't think we have. But in terms of Wilkes, if we keep him on the pitch, he's one of those players that can grab a goal out of nowhere. So for me, I think same team, sixtieth minute if Wilkes is having a shocker, bring Smith on.
1: But can we really see, afford? Yeah. Can we really afford to be having sixty minutes against Blackburn with Wilkes having a shocker? Because you're essentially sometimes as, a man down when Wilkes plays like he does.
2: Sometimes, as long as we don't concede, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's Free not the mentality we want to go out. out. Nah.
1: What about you, Will? Uh, who would you drop and swap? That getting swapped. Run two. Who for? Eves and Smith. Or who else? Well, because like Joel said, there's a possibility you can put KLP up front, maybe Randall Williams as a wing-back, see how that works out. I mean, it's probably yeah. a risky game to try something like that.
4: Yeah, it's too risky um, to change anything defensively.
1: So, is there, are they the only two changes that you would
0: make?
4: Yeah, they're the only two changes I'd make. I mean, it's too risky to do anything, like I said, defensively against a team <laughs> that's got the greatest Chilean striker of all time up front. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Would you not be tempted to shore it up defensively with the sort of attacking threat that Blackburn have? Would you maybe not be tempted to, in the wing-back position? I know Elder played poor. um no. But we can try and... Would you not start Elder no. at a Longman, no? Not,
4: not a chance. No. You, you okay. can't justify playing Elder after the way he played against Forest.
1: No, that's Even true. Even
4: if it was match fitness or like, lack of sharpness, you can't justify it.
1: No. I mean, it comes down to the same thing as well, doesn't it? you can't really afford to be having passengers at the minute. But then again, how does he get match Sharpness without playing? So, unless he comes on in the second half every, every few times, you know, you, you've got to get to a it's, it's a tough one. What about you, Joe? What would you change, if anything?
3: I think you've, you're going to say what we do and what's probably going to happen, you know, as much as... Oh, no, can... no, yeah.
1: What, what would you like to see happen?
3: Do you know what? On a personal note, I wouldn't mind like to see Randall Williams. Um, I'd like to go... Do you know what? you throw against the team who's... Third in the table, they play the same system as what we're playing. So it's literally whoever's better at the position on the day. If you if you put if you shut to Williams in, maybe I'd maybe go Eves and KLP up top. I think they've got some really strong defenders, Blackburn. I bet at the very top, I think Leninham, the Irish International, I've always liked him a proper steady, no nonsense centre back. If we're gonna it depends what type of football we're gonna be playing. We're not gonna have massive spells of the ball. If we can maybe you know get a flick on from Eves to KLP, I think they're gonna be doing the most damage. But I don't know. I think realistically you're probably gonna see Wilkes or um McGuinness drops for one of the two for Smith or Eves, but I don't know. It all depends it, on what Mr McCann wants to do. But I'd personally go what I just said. But it's one of them. You'll get an early goal. You nick an early goal. Same as us. Their run's got to come to an end at one point. You know, every team in this division you can beat but then you can lose it very, very easily and I think it's going to be a great test for that back three against, you know, Ben Breverton as much as we're having a laugh about him but he's on form and he's absolutely oh, superb. You know, I think there'll be a lot of Premier, um, Premier League clubs sniffing about him if Blackburn don't go up this season but yeah, it'll be a great test especially for Greaves and, you know, Bernard and McLaughlin I think they're going to have a, um, a tough day at the office I think Buckley the cat, the centre attacking mid as well he's been around a long, long time now so, do you know, it's a really good challenge in and I think that's the thing. If you want to be in this division, you've got to play a man up against these teams. So whatever happens, as long as the lads give 100%, we'll definitely take a draw when we're looking at it now. Well, not yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: the, the the only the only issue I have with playing KLP up front is that at the minute, the lad's on fire. And mm. I wouldn't personally want to see him move from a position that he's playing really well in to throw him and try and do a completely different role. Um mm especially against some, like you say, really big physical uh, defenders that could quite easily, like, you know, pocket him. Because um, you've got the thing about confidence as well. Like, if, the, if if we might have discovered his natural position that he didn't know, maybe he is a wing-back, mm. you know, and he's just discovering it this season. And um, because, you know, all right, maybe he's not the greatest defensively, but he does track back and he gets into them positions and he forces players out wide and he he, he helps bottleneck them into a position where someone like Smallwood comes across, collects a ball or Bernard, Greaves, whatever side he's at at that time. Um, So, you know, you've got to then hope that Randall Williams, if he comes in, has the same sort of ethic in that sense, um, as well as offering the same in an attacking sense, which I don't think he does. Well, again, he's another one we've not really seen enough of to judge. Mm. Um, Personally, I mean, I was saying to uh, Joel yesterday that Tyler Smith is the type of striker that to me, even though he's not scored yet, he will still offer more than Malik's my, that Malik Wilkes will. Because he's going to always want to be in behind. He's faster, he presses more, and he puts a lot more effort in. And that's at the minute, if you scour social media, that's what fans are after. They want to see players, you know, what applying the themselves. Needs. You are. It's
4: what the team needs. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, we need to we need we need to defend from the front. And when you've got midfielders looking at Wilkes sort of tirelessly jogging after a player and not really putting much effort in. Subconsciously, what does it do to their mental attitude in the game thinking, oh, bloody hell, we're going to be in for another really busy afternoon. Whereas if they look at Tyler Smith and they see him bombing about and putting pressure on the uh, on their defence and trying to play it out, you know, it gives the midfielders that bit of, oh, right, here we go, look, and then they can go and um, try and press and, and, and force him into a mistake. So it's, it's, it's really tough because it, I think it, the, the good thing about the three at the back system at the minute is that we have got Quite a bit of room of variation to try some players in some different positions. I mean, I, I would I would actually use Blackburn as like a free hit. You know, like if you're in the Premier League and you're playing one of the bigger sides that are in form and you don't really expect to win, so it's like you know, if you lose, you come away from it, you're not bothered. I would treat Blackburn like that game. Just go into it, just try, you know, try and keep momentum. Maybe try a new couple of players up front, see if it works better for us. You might might surprise ourselves, but if we lose, you know, we didn't really expect to win anyway. Um, so yeah, it's going to be definitely be a tough one. Um, is there the is there the worry then that you know if we lose to Blackburn, you know after being so many games unbeaten, then two games on the bounce, does that mentality that negative, you know maybe the fans start to chirp a bit more and the players start to doubt themselves again? Do we, are we worried that we could get sucked back into that awful run of form again, or do we think this team's showing a bit of character now to bounce back from that? I'll come to you that for that one, Will.
4: It depends on how the team perform against Blackburn. If they perform what like they did against Forest, where they show a decent bit of fight and effort, then no. But if they go back to how they were before and seem to just be completely apathetic to it, then yeah, I will be worried.
1: Because mm. I mean, like, it's a similar thing, isn't it? Because we, we beat Preston convincingly on the first game of the season and then we played really well against QPR, but lost 3-0. And then from that point, like, even though they played well, we struggled to regain that, um, you know, control of games again. I mean, I, you know, po- possibly could have been the system, most, most likely was. Um, but it's the worry that we're going to get to New Year on the back of three defeats after such a good run that, you know, the, the confidence and the mentality in the squad goes from one high to the complete opposite. And um, would, we, would we say that maybe freshening up a couple of positions might help alleviate that, maybe prevent it. Would you be tempted to add someone like Huddleston in, maybe, Joel? Would you Is it I mean, could you justify dropping Smallwood?
2: No, you can't drop Smallwood at the minute. Smallwood's because only... one of the most undroppable players we've got at the minute because of what he's yeah. been doing in that midfield.
1: Because it's tough in it, because I mean like we say so many players offer something so different. Huddleston, like we all wanted him to come on um, towards the end a couple of games ago. We wanted to see the game out because uh, he can help us hold the ball better and alleviate the yeah. press
0: from He's up front. So strong. maybe
1: if, you know, if we're going to be playing, you would expect, quite deep in our own half the majority of the game, maybe huddleston would be a good shout to try and ensure that we get out of our own half for a bit. And um, But then you lose the defensive sense of Smallwood. So it is, it is tough. Um, shall we go for
3: score predictions then? How about we'll go to you first, Joe? Oh, do I get a point if I get it right or wrong? Because do I want to be my city head on or my honest head? Um, you I'd can you give on, yourself a point if you want one. <laughs> I'd love to see maybe a draw and stuff. I, I'm just, I don't know. I've, I'm gonna, they just look on really, look really good at the minute, don't they? I think Mowbray got on playing some class football. I'm gonna say 2 1 Blackburn, but I really hope I'm wrong. I'm just, I just, I feel like the game. I'm I'm, I'm hoping Chef, you and Blackpool. They're the games that we nick some points from because I I think if you look at the grand scheme of things... Like you mentioned a few times, and you go into this game thinking, you know, if we do just perform well, pick up no injuries, but we have got like we know three games in six days. You're going to have to put other people in because as good as this team is, you can the the standard of the you know the level of the game at the minute and the pace of it, especially in the championship. We can't play the same eleven, especially in then Everton coming up in the cup as well. Big busy January. We don't know what's going to be happening with fixtures getting postponed or anything like that. But whatever happens, we are going to have to rotate, and whoever comes in's got to do a job. But, yeah, unfortunately, I think we might just fall short this um, on Boxing Day. That's right. Uh, Joel?
2: Free, free one to Blackburn, I think. Um, I don't think it'll be one of those where Blackburn dominate the game. I think it'll be one of those where they're taking the chances and we don't. I think that's just how it's going to be. Um, I reckon we'll be more up for it if the takeover's done during the week. Um, more fans will be in the stadium, which which will help as well with the atmosphere. It might actually give our players a bit of a boost to maybe go on and get a draw. But I think it, I think it will be a draw at best. But in terms of my honest head, I think 3-1 black then. Okay, okay. Uh, will? Uh,
4: I'm predicting the game to be postponed due to COVID outbreak between one of the two sides. <laughs> um, Very high possibility. No, uh, hopefully not. But... Um, if the game does go ahead i'm i'm going to i think we'll lose but because we've already had two losses predicted i'm going to say one all
1: yeah i mean i logically went in the last episode cuz um, everyone predicted either a draw or a win and i You're said that one lost. of us one of us had to say say, say that we'd lose to be different uh, and i said that we'd lose 2-1 and we did
0: it's i mean
1: fault. <laughs> but so this time, because none of you predicted a win, I'm going to, have to, I'm going to say we're going to smash and grab a 1-0 win. I hope you're
3: Let's alright. see. Uh-huh.
2: Jacob
1: Greaves uh-huh. to get his first Hull City goal. No and chance. The he ain't got,
2: got a clue in front of goal. No chance. Absolutely <laughs> yes, please.
1: Oh, it would be amazing. It? Did you see... Um, i seen it on Twitter. There's a picture. Was a City fan held up, um, all I want for Christmas is a Jacob Greaves goal or something at Forest, I, didn't it?
4: I am with that
3: kid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Better than the can I have your shirt signs. Um so after Blackburn then, like we say, we've got a tough game against Chef United. Now I don't know what, what our um schedule is gonna be like between Christmas and New Year. So I'm going to ask us obviously we can't predict a team or anything like that 'cause it's it's a second game along. But I'm gonna say what would be our points total or what we'd be happy with from Blackburn and Chef United? What are we looking for minimum, do we think? And I'll open that to 20. anyone.
3: Two, one. Okay. God. Just, Just thinking because it's Sheffield, of course you want to beat them, don't you? But oh, yeah, of yeah, you'd, you'd, I'd love to say four—a draw against Blackburn and a win against Sheffield. But no, probably you're looking at one out, you maybe or two, maybe if you get a good draw on Boxing Day and then go to Bramall Lane. But you know, it all depends again, doesn't it? Because God knows what's going to happen. There might be no no fans there, or might not even happen. Yeah. You know, it's cr- rubbish, is it, that we're talking about it again and with everything that's happening. But yeah, I mean, one one or two points, let's be, let's be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Sheffield United, to me, it obviously will be a tough game because Sheffield United are a good side and they've got millions of pounds worth of talent. They shouldn't be where they are on the table. Um, But to me, going off the last game that we played them, I think they are beatable. I mean, you've, you've got to look at two of the goals we conceded were just awful set-piece defending, where Malik Wilkes, for some reason, was marking their centre-back. Like, you know, if if, if normal set-piece defending happens in that situation, you'd like to think that we maybe at least get a draw in that game. Um, to me, I think we 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 can actively go there and maybe try and win. Uh, but like we say, I think in terms of realistic expectations and what we'd be happy to take right now if we was offered it, I'd like to think two at least, Um, but we don't want to come out with zero. So um, uh, one one or two, one or two would be nice. Um, Shall I ask for score predictions for Sheffield United? Shall I do it? Do you want to do them? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Score predictions for Sheffield United. Go go for it, Joel, because you were so optimistic.
2: Two all. Last minute equaliser. Tom Eaves, last minute equaliser. Tom
1: Eaves, yeah, Subscribe. I love that. <laughs> what about you, Will?
4: Uh, I'm predicting a post of the forget- <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be boring bastard and go one all again. Hmm. Well,
3: that's. He improves to that.
4: score his second goal in as many games.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be high scoring, three two. I can't call who, but hopefully the Tigers. But I'm gonna say it's gonna be a. End-to-end game, 3-2, good old Yorkshire derby, and hopefully we're plenty of City fans in Bramall Lane, no end. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I'm going to... Did anyone predict us to
3: lose? No, I
1: don't no, think So, I'm going to have to say, wait, right, so we'll lose. <laughs> I actually think we'll get a point in this game. I'm not, I'm not going to do that logic. I'm going to say we're going to draw 2-2. Um, I think we will score um, a set-piece our only second one of the season or something like that. Was it third? We're not scored many, which is a problem. Mm. Um, So in terms of what we can realistically speak about, that's probably it game wise. Um, I did want to get some thoughts because I think it changes pretty much every game. And I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, um, but the January transfer window. Now to me, like I've had a few conversations with people on Twitter um, about like what we, what we actually need. Um, Obviously we mentioned about strikers. Uh, would we say we needed maybe just one or two strikers? Because you've got to think realistically that maybe we then have to offload a striker to get someone in. And then in that case, who would it be? Uh, you know, you've got to think most likely, you know, maybe Eves or McGuinness in that sense, but he prefers McGuinness, so it would most likely be Eves. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, wing backs. Um, Brandon Fleming, we have him. Do we think that he would be okay enough as backup with Elder and Longman or KLP in a wing back sense, or do you think we need to invest in a in a left sided wing back player?
3: Anyone. Anyway. Yeah, I think we do. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the wing-back's massive now, isn't it, in the modern game. You you look at, I think, a perfect example, Well, love that Lamptey at Brighton, you know, can play on the right, can play on the left, you know, we're never going to get someone of his standard. I'm not saying that, but just someone, just a bit more composed, that complete wing-back position. I sound like a manager and football manager, don't I say complete wing-back. But um, yeah, I'd love us to see there. I think in a striker role, what I, what I always think we we've missed out on as well, you look at some like players at Man City and Manuel go on loan to these top championship clubs or middle championship clubs and then end up you know look at Smith Rowe when he went to Huddersfield and then them names their value from coming down a tier playing regular I'm just I'd love us to pick someone up like that you know yeah. a striker a perfect striker to get probably for a big club like Delap that Liam Delap who's not playing at Man City and you know just plays for their elite development squad he, you know, mm. complain the men's like just someone like that. I know it's wishful thinking, and again, it depends if we're going to have a new owner who's probably going to go down a totally different route with a new manager who might bring a new system in. But at this moment in time, yeah, definitely a striker. I'd ship Shapiev's on, you know, I, I would personally, I think what you get out of him, you know, cameo a few cameos off the bench or maybe an odd start. I think we need to get rid of him. Maybe we're not going to pick up loads of money, but it'll free up a bit of wage cap as well, and probably a yeah, left-sided wing back position, and um it depends if Bernard's going to come permanent. You know, that'll be in the summer. But probably another centre-back as well. You know, someone mm. with, another calm head. Because I think, again, as good as we've been speaking about the lads, McLaughlin, Greaves and Bernard, some games against experienced strikers, against West Brom, Fulham, they do come unstuck. And so you look at, like, Gary Cale, who's at Bournemouth now, being there, done it, won everything. He's coming into the twilight era, but he's still doing a good job. I think that's what, yeah. what I'd love to see. I, mean- I know thinking, but... Look at Derby's back three. Their average age is like, well, combined
1: age is probably like six hundred or something. They're doing, they're doing fine. Um, yeah. you know, in this league, you need that kind of game management, um, leadership experience, and like we say, the back three at the moment are fantastic. But you got to look at a couple of goals, like maybe for a second, for example, where, you know, the the inexperience or maybe the naivety of some of the the younger players, sort of, you know, maybe can be a bit of an Achilles heel at times. So yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think at least one uh striker, maybe a, a wing back for the left hand side. You see, it's tough in it because we don't really know what's happening with Josh Emmanuel. Um, because then, obviously, if if Emmanuel's out of action, should we say for the rest of the season, um, our wing back options on that side? I mean, Longman and KLP can play either side, really. Um, and then Louis uh, Louis Coyle. But do we actually? I don't think Louis Coyle would be as effective as a wing back. Do, do, it doesn't um, face the system. Is no. that an unpopular opinion, or do you agree?
2: Is is it'll be another casualty in the system, like you say with Wilkes. I think if we mm-hmm. stick him with three-five-two, Willie with Coyle will probably end up leaving.
4: I think he could do way up a drop up wing back, but we'd need to see him there on a regular basis, and we're not going to see that for a while. Mm. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think he's got. I think he definitely could do. I just I think he's, he could do. I think he's just more of a robust. He'd rather be back there defending with with you know um, alongside a centre back than. And going up and down all game, I think Josh Emmanuel would, is a perfect example of a player who would be able to do that. I mean, and we were quite excited to see do that. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um,
4: when you look at his stats, he's like, one of, statistically, he's one of the best attacking fullbacks in the league. Mm, I mean, that's what, what, that's what I mean. He's, he, he's really definitely, weird.
1: He does like to go on. But it's just something about his playing style to me says that he wouldn't be able to do it. Mm effectively I don't know I don't quite know how to explain it. I don't know what point I'm trying to get across but I just don't think that in a wingback sense Coyle I think he's a better fullback than he is a wingback yeah yeah
3: in, he played there at so Leeds and Fleetwood as well didn't he it's not like he's come from a team who's played with a wing-back system and you know he's, he's, he is again that no-nonsense in it that full-back position but again it'll be it's it's hard as well because if you go going coil on one side and KLP it's just totally different players in it one's an out-and-out out forward one's an out-and-out out defender where's your balance you're going to be so yeah. on one side you've just got to get that perfect match and as good as this system can be you look at teams in the Prem get caught out so many times and concede four or five goals against the top top teams and that's. The beauty of this system is it can turn mediocre players into really good ones, especially if you get the overlap on the out on the left or the right. But you can easily easily get caught yeah. out. And you've just got to get that perfect balance, and I feel like at the moment we probably ain't got it realistically in the long term. So I think January, desperate for it to come, and hopefully, like Joel's jumper, we have got um, a few to <laughs> charge by then because I feel that's vital as well. I feel that's massive.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a while since I've asked. I think about the takeover. So, uh, like, as far as we're aware, and what we can gather from reliable sources on Twitter, is that EAB and uh, Action have done what they need to do. They've been sp- They've put a picture up on Instagram of them partying in London or something or having a meal. Um, it looks like they've done everything they need to do, and it's just in the hands of the lawyers. So. Um, in terms of them and the EFL, I think just finalising some stuff. To me, it just seems like it's too far on for it to not happen. Uh, but the general consensus at the minute is that there's like some um, stumbling block which which nobody's reported in any way, shape or form can kind of get in the way because you know we've had a couple of take takeover attempts in the past that that never really came to fruition. But like I said, none of them really come this far. Uh, do we expect? Do we expect it to be done by January? I mean, I think the difference is at the moment, the current climate, pandemic-wise, there's probably a lot more to do in terms of, you know, like uh, contractual factors, maybe uh, safety nets and and, and contingency plans. A lot of things to put in place financially to me. But do we we realistically think that Blackburn will be the first game of the action era? Hopefully.
3: I mean, we want it to be. Obviously, More of uh, a hopefully type thing. It's, I'll go will um, a club statement at nine o'clock Christmas morning, just Merry Christmas and then club statement that. <gasps> yeah. That's might that might be what they're waiting for. Maybe it is all yeah. done and they're just waiting to give us a Christmas present. Yeah, I think I saw a Thingy on Instagram, what's his name it? Tan the Kesler, director of football. If that that is a
1: really He's good Atlantic. way to
3: build
4: up some goodwill. The
3: Christmas yeah. to <laughs> Yes, it really would be. <laughs> But yeah, I want to be announced now. I don't want to. Turkey now, I believe. They've all gone back to Turkey, um, Kessler, and you know, so hopefully, like you said, and just all the logistics. Obviously, we don't know, do we, what goes into it? This bloke's pumping millions in what we think. It, we just want it to get done. We think he just say it, you accept it on a computer and it's done it. It'll take a long, long time, but. Like I said, as long as it's done by early Jan and we can actually sign some players with it, I just think if we get to February and it's happened but we haven't signed anyone and we're stuck with the same team and we, whatever happens, with me, that might delay McCango and you know, or getting this new guy in. It's, just, it's that transition, it? it's gonna That's going to affect the team. That's going to affect the form and everything like that. And hopefully in a positive way. But, you know, sometimes it might not. So let's hope so because that would be um, a brilliant Christmas because by the looks of it, it looks like it might be spoilt at the moment. Yeah, very good. But I think I think that's pretty much everything covered that I
1: wanted. Whether well, we could cover, um, I mean, we obviously have the uh, Christmas special with uh, against the uh, Tigers Down Under podcast that we'll be recording tomorrow. I'm not sure what day it'll be released. Probably wait a couple of days, obviously, because this one needs to cycle around. Um, well, it's
4: a Christmas special, so it's only right that the when it comes out is Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I mean, it depends what you want to be doing on Christmas Eve, mate. You're the one who edits it. <laughs> so, I'll be here today um,
4: as soon as it's recorded and
1: <laughs> so uh, uh cheers guys for joining me. Um I will actually I'll give a shout out to your podcast. Um it's it's at podcast underscore Robin is it? It's obviously a, a podcast for the red and white half of the uh the rugby supporters. Uh, Joel's not a fan, <laughs> although he's wearing red and white at the minute. Hey, um take
3: his, take his camera off take his camera off now
1: <laughs> um so I'm, I'm interested to know actually um wh- when when did you when did you start your podcast because i think you were fairly new weren't you
3: yeah so we started it i mean you used to commentate for the club and did a podcast and um, did a live talk show in 2019 kid I me and kick off Phil about one of my best mates we did that and then obviously covid struck and we we kind of we couldn't really do out for the club. We tried it. We did a lot of stuff over Zoom and everything like that, and it was it was just so tough to do. And then we was only volunteering, you know. We, we didn't get paid. We obviously got, just got expenses when we'd go to away games and stuff. So really busy at work, and we just thought, oh, we'll give it a miss. And then one of well, me, me half because my mum's cousin Chris, so I do the podcast with now. He just rang me in Jan, and we well, I think lockdown especially made me really get into podcasts and discussions and sports media. I've never really massively been into it, podcasts. And Chris just messaged me, said, look, should we fancy it? And, you know, we started in January. We've had some absolutely amazing guests. I mean, if you're listening and you're a black and white, you're probably thinking, shut up. But, you know, <laughs> on a personal look, for being a Rovers fan and everything like that, 2021 was probably the best year to do a podcast. We've had some great guests you know, Robbers were 80 minutes away from a grand final and it's, you know, it's been fantastic. I've travelled all over with the club, managed to go to Perpignan in that semi-final, speak to some of my idols from when I was growing up and um, some of my old teammates as well. And, you know, we've gone strength to strength and we're just going to carry on in 2022 now. have got a few sponsors on board, which we haven't mentioned yet, but we're going to be pub- um, publishing soon. And, you know, hopefully go bigger and better because we've really enjoyed it and some of the feedback and listens and, you know, the amount of people who have had to listening to messages. It's more than me and Chris ever expected and hopefully we want just a one season wonder because if I, my head starts to go when they start losing again next <laughs> year we might not, we might not get as many listens but yeah, it's been great and I've come on a few City podcasts you know, this one really enjoyed it and you know, it's just nice to speak to people in the city and stuff Or you know, we all volunteer we all do it off our own back and it's nice that we get to have a chat, and it's nice to be invited on these other podcasts because, as much as I like talking about rugby, massive into footy as well, massive City fan, and you know, really enjoyed speaking to you lads today.
1: Yeah, cheers for coming on. I mean, I've seen your your, your account. Uh, I mean, you, you, since starting your podcast, it has been absurdly successful because I've, I've, you're in a few thousand. Are you, are you over a thousand followers on Twitter?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, so we're on about, yeah, about three or four on all social media. I think we've had, I mean, God look at Anchor now, let me have a look, 31,000 listens. I mean, little stuff like that. I mean, God, we we originally thought that we'd just get a few hundred, you know, you know, we just yeah. do really well. I mean, don't get me wrong, me and Chris really push it, we're ev- like, annoy people sometimes. You know, I'm always on my Instagram and following loads of people and little stuff like that. But, you know, and you'll know as well, that's how you get it out, don't you? And keep putting the content out in the outlets, I mean. Because we're just a Rovers podcast, we thought we're quite limited. But then getting like the commentator Jenna Brooks on and people like Jeno's from rugby league. Um, media outlets and stuff that's really changed, you know, our um, audience as well because it's not just about KR as such, it's been great to speak to other people, but yeah, it's been um, real popular. I mean, I think the way Roves have played helped that and you know, had a good platform. And you know, long may continue, so we'll go into 2022, hopefully be able to get into the games fully this year and um, next year. You know, God knows what's happening, but it was hard having to watch it on telly and then having to do a podcast as well because you can't miss, <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat the atmosphere and being at a game, can you? And especially with the has been announced, and the new kits, the squad numbers for Joel as well. Being an old fan, you know, as much as we have a laugh, and there's that banter, you know, it's you know, there's not like it, especially the two rugby league teams in the city. So we're really looking forward to next year, and hopefully positive for, a, well, two, two of the city's sports teams. I'll be honest, because I don't want to pretend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, uh, so if, if anybody listening of um, the Rovers Allegiance or so even FC if you fancy listening into an opposition view um, is podcast underscore Robin is are you on are you on Twitter is it just audio then your pod are you not on YouTube or anything yet
3: yeah no we're on YouTube now so obviously oh, yeah. we, you know, we're on StreamYard and things like that so re- just recently so we just we, when we started we was literally doing as a phone call you know just just steady away but you know we've got a little settle of our laptops our mics now so yeah we're on StreamYard on YouTube on you know same as you guys got Linktree on all our um, information quite easily to find and on Facebook Twitter their all personal accounts pump it all the time so yeah definitely mate it's, um, it's nice to collab and obviously once this episode's out we'll be whacking it on my podcast as well hopefully get some listens for all of us
1: yeah so if anybody listening that hasn't followed them yet do uh, cheers for joining us Joe um, Thank,
3: you that, lads. Thank you. I will
1: see you two for the uh, Christmas special tomorrow which I'm really looking forward to because I'm not answering the questions I'm the quiz master <laughs> I'm gonna
2: make a fool of myself,
1: um, I know it already. <laughs> do, do you know what I've looked at the questions we I, 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 they're not bad, they're not bad. There'll be there's a couple of hard ones, but the rest uh, it'll be quite a fun one. It's a good mixture, it's it's a good mixture of like playing name anagrams, um players who score on the debuts kind of thing. It's it, it looks really fun. Um so so make sure any anybody watching slash listening at the minute, um do do get ready for tomorrow's because it'll be really fun. Um <laughs> And we will probably announce what we're doing post-Christmas quite soon. I think we need to decide amongst ourselves of whether we want to break or not, um, obviously, because it'll be quite busy for everybody. So we'll see where we're at. Um, and I think that's it from us. So thanks for joining us. Uh, and we will see you next time. See you later, guys.
3: Cheers, mate.
0: Bye-bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
1: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
3: Remember to ask
0: for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered Powered by fans.